This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the surge in work from home during this pandemic has allowed companies to remain productive while not having employees physically on site. But according to a new report by Boston Consulting Group and KRC Research and commissioned by Microsoft, the level of innovation is dropping. Dr. Michael Park is an assistant professor of management at the Wharton School and was part of the research team on this, and he joins us with more. Michael, thanks very much for your time today. Hey, thanks, Dan. Yeah, really excited to be here, and it's great to meet you. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Uh, It's kind of amazing that here's another area where, you know, the coronavirus is ending up being a great learning experience for us. I mean, certainly we don't want to have the illnesses and the death, but we're learning so much about what could be our ways of the future. And this is exactly one of them in looking at the, the difference between productivity and innovation. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I I really like how you phrase it as a learning opportunity. And that's really kind of what we see from this report. And we went into this research um, conducted in Europe, primarily European countries, um, over 8,000 employees and leaders, kind of expecting some drops in productivity. I know, you know, personally myself, like having a daughter and having these challenges with childcare, we were sort of expecting a drop. But Um, the majority of leaders and workers said that they didn't really face that. Now, these are averages, of course, and coming data from Europe, so we have to be mindful that it doesn't apply to everyone's situation. But um, that was really uh, interesting to see that most people thought they could stay productive or even more productive in these times. Um, And there are some other interesting insights as well from this study. So let me touch on this point then first. I I mean, obviously, it is is a crisis that – that we are in here in the United States and so many countries are in as well. How much does that crisis element play into potentially that decline in innovation? You know, I think, I think that's really part of it. Yes. And we, we don't have um, the data to tease out how much of a part of that decline in innovation is coming from um, the pandemic and the crisis. But what we do know from research is that under great threat um, companies and leaders tend to, um, take less risks, right? And it's and that can be driven by fear, but that also can be driven by um, trying to to have better estimates of the future before they start investing. Um, and what's interesting is you do see companies that are more innovative try to um, take those risks and innovate because they see this crisis as an opportunity to try to um, create new products or innovations that. Um, you know, they can they can use and help people get through these crises and, and actually benefit and make profit from it. Michael Park joining us, Assistant Professor of Management at the Wharton School. Some companies, I would imagine, Michael, are, are in the, kind of the mindset of that they just have to deal with it, uh, you know, in terms of having people working from home, uh, due in part to the health care concerns, you know, and the potential of bringing them back to the office at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And so that you brought up a, a point that I wanted to provide some data behind in terms of the context we're facing. So when we compare a survey we did the year before in the same countries, um, only about 15% of those who responded said they had some work-from-home policy established, some flexible work-from-home policy. When we went to this past year, this past summer after the pandemic, that number jumped to 76%. I mean, that is yeah. insane of a jump, right? And just having to do this. And we also looked at um, managers forecasting what they expect 
even after the pandemic, if and when it ends. Yeah. And almost 90%, 88% expected some form of hybrid and remote working. And so what was really Given that context, we really tried to see, okay, what were some of the benefits and what were some of the challenges and how to address those challenges as well? And if that sounds interesting, I can kind of give you some of the key findings that we that we found from the yeah, report on those. Yeah, please go ahead. Yes. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, so as far as the benefits, you know, and we're facing kind of dark times, so let me, let me try to start us off with, with some good things. We talked about productivity seemed to stay the same, and that seems to be because um, employees can really focus. They can be comfortable in their own setting. You know, they're gaining things in like less commute time, not having to get ready or dressed up for work. You know, a lot of those factors, just the com- comfort and um, casualness of working from home sort of came through. The other thing that seemed to come through is um, less work distractions, right? If you think about all the meetings, all the times you're interrupted, which we know historically has been a major source of of people's lack of productivity, you can kind of structure your work a little bit more effectively when it's just you in the office. Yeah. Um, and and so that was some of the main benefits that we, we saw from this. As far as the challenges you talked about, this lack of innovation, that seems to really be driven by um, this team collaboration, the drop in team collaboration. So more challenge to feel connected, confident, and communicate effectively with the teams. Um, and we know that um, from a lot of research, innovation and creativity often happens through collaboration. And given the challenges of, of remote work, you know, that, that was definitely a challenge that came up in the survey. Um, but yeah. as well, we also found some factors that can help leaders try to uh, overcome those challenges of remote work and, and collaboration. Yeah, I'll just use my own example here, Michael, because I've been doing the show now from my house you know, for over seven months at this point. And, and I noticed yeah. in the course of my day that, you know, I'm doing the show from 10 a.m. to noon, but I'm obviously, you know, prepping for the show earlier in the day. I'm prepping for the show as well at nighttime. I think I feel like I'm I'm probably working about the same amount of hours, but I'm doing it over a much wider, you know, period of time because I'll take breaks, you know, over the course of time. And I'm wondering if, if that element of people maybe working longer or working the same amount of hours over a longer period of time has an impact on the potential time that they might have in terms of thinking about innovating or, or you know, that, that area. Yeah, it certainly could. I think if, if we come down to what do we know um, people enjoy at work and what drives engagement is having autonomy over their schedule, right, when they can do work, um, and how they get their work done. And so part of the freedom that I think remote working allows is, is exactly what you're saying. You know, hey, I have a couple chores to do in the middle of the day. I can do them, and I'll just um, re- relocate that time later in the day. And, you know, this is, this is something that I'm, you're just hitting on such great themes. Something I wanted to bring up is there's always this tension with organizations in terms of trusting employees and giving them autonomy and making sure they're doing their work, right? That fear that they're just going to slack off or not do that work. And I think one of the things this survey shows us, and another data point to the add to let's give employees more trust and autonomy, is that productivity maintained the same, right? And so if companies have been fearful about giving more flexibility to when employees work, right? So let's say they want to have non-traditional, not nine to five, but they want to work, you know, 10 to seven or things like that. Yeah. Um, 
this this experiment that we were forced upon us is showing that you know there are our employees are able to be productive and there are some things they really enjoy about that autonomy and so that trust is something that organizations should really give at the same time still developing the capabilities of okay how do we still maintain good collaboration in this remote working environment because flexibility for individuals does obviously create some collaboration challenges as well let me ask you this because you know one of the things that so many people working from home have really used as a tool to be able to stay connected with their office is the conferencing platform things like zoom or blue jeans you know And, and i'm wondering you know we I guess we believe that that is giving us that connection that we want, but it's still while we're seeing people's faces and we're making that those conversations, it's still not that actual in person in person contact. And I'm wondering if that also plays a role here. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, and great lead into kind of some of the benefits or, or some of the ways leaders can kind of overcome these challenges. And you hit one of them, which is access to collaborative tools and, and having that the technological capabilities. But before I dive into that, I do want to recognize that the normal good leader things that they do, sort of um, asking for input, following up with employees, checking in, being open to communication, right, um, caring about employees, like all those factors still mattered in this remote world. So th- those mattered both in remote remote world as well as co-located teams, the people that work together. But we also wanted to identify things that were just unique to remote working. And one of the factors you just alluded to, which is having a wide uh, access to a range of collaborative tools. So not just Zoom, not just email, but actually a much fuller access of different platforms. And the reasoning there is that when people have the flexibility and variety, they can pick tools that work better for them and their own kind of personality and communication styles. So that was one factor. Another factor was the extent to which employees um, um, indicated that their companies trained them for remote work and whether they had the confidence to do it, right? So having those trainings about how to work effectively with others um, through remote work was another major factor that contributed to employees' um, uh, collaboration effectiveness, their empowerment, and their ability to share information across their team. And then the third one is um, remote work meeting routines. So we looked at the extent to which they had these meeting routines implemented before and during um, this pandemic, the shift shift to remote work. And employees that indicated that they had these one-on-one check-ins with leaders, these weekly meetings, these town halls, these um, review uh, collaboration sessions, the the people that indicated they had more of that implemented before um, COVID that they had a much better sense of communication and confidence and collaboration within those teams. Yeah. Michael, thanks very much for your time. Greatly appreciate your insight. All the best to you. Stay safe. Dr. Michael Park, Assistant Professor of Management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.